Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Chapter 4 of The Tick and Coat Treasure by William LeCue. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 4, in which I examine the parchments. The advent of the stranger on board the thrush caused an outburst of surprise and consternation among the men, who stood in a group around him, addressing him and making remarks on his personal appearance and his clothes. He looks like old Father Christmas been starved to death, I heard one seaman remark. Look at his shoes. Them buckles are silver, mates. And then, for the first time, I noticed that the buckles on his shoes were very beautiful ones. There's something confoundedly mysterious about both the craft and the man, declared a seaman who had accompanied us. There's lots of skeletons on board, and old armor, cannon, and things. She was a battleship, I believe. At any rate, the men on board her were soldiers. If they were, then the old fossils are good specimen, one of them said, to which the old seaman, who had rowed our boat, replied, Well, we collared over a thousand quid in gold, sonny. It was in them heavy bags that are stowed in the skipper's quarters. Besides, the doctor's got a few things, books, bits of parchment, and the like. They asked for a description of the craft, and we gave it to them, explaining the circumstances in which we discovered the mysterious man. The latter was seated on a coil of rope, glancing at us but utterly apathetic to the fact that he was the center of attraction. We told them how his old fellow was both dumb and insane, whereupon their interest in him was increased fourfold. Their jeering remarks regarding his gorilla-like countenance and his quaintness of attire were quickly turned into expressions of sympathy, and even the roughest man among them was ready to render the afflicted stranger any little service. The armor and books had been placed in my cabin, and when Seal had related our experiences to Thorpe, the latter suggested that we should stand by the seahorse and take her in tow when the gale abated. It would mean a day or two overdue in London, but we should nevertheless secure a prize such as no living man had ever before seen. Apart from the interest in the old vessel and the mystery of how it had come to the surface after being so long submerged, there were on board many things of value from an antiquarian point of view. And so it was arranged that we should lay to that night, and if the wind went down the next day, as Seal believed it would because the morrow was the fourth day of continued bad weather, we should tow the extraordinary craft to Valencia, and, if possible, round to London. The mysterious man, after eating ravenously of food set before him, curled himself up in one of the men's bunks in the forecastle and soon went to sleep. 
one man a well-spoken middle-aged sailor named harding was told off to take care of the madman and to see that he did not get into mischief while the cure of his intellect was left in my charge together with seal i proceeded to examine our find as the sun sank crimson and stormy flooding the skipper's cabin with a blood-red glow he and i carefully counted the gold there were one thousand seven hundred eighty-three pieces large and small and of great variety the english ones mostly bore the effigies of edward the sixth and elizabeth there were none of james the first but many were of henry the fourth of france together with a variety of spanish doubloons and italian pieces i found none of a later reign than elizabeth therefore i put down the date of the seahorse as about sixteen o three or a few years earlier i wonder whether old mystery will claim the coin seal reflected as he slowly filled his pipe having finished the counting as the sole survivor it most probably belongs to him i said but if he's a lunatic what claim can he make to it there'll be some job to find the vessel's owner i reckon his remark caused me to remember the two parchments i had in my pocket and i drew them out opened them and examined them carefully the first was beautifully and clearly written about a foot square and headed cosmos it was in latin and i must admit that although i had passed in latin up at edinburgh i was very rusty in it the document at commencement read as follows cosmos de agrate magnus dux et rurium et cetera et sacre religionis et milite militum sans stepane pape et martyrus magnus magister et custos et cetera delecto nobis pompea maria pale nobili pisano et sans stepane militi grantia murum et omne bonum then after a screed of twenty long lines the document ended datum floriente diepa februari anno albancarn im medicii nostre mani ducatus et anno vii below were three signatures in ink that had long ago faded yellow but so badly written were they that i could not decipher them at the foot of the document was a threaded hempen cord and to it was attached a heavy leaded seal a trifle bigger than half a crown on the obverse was a maltese cross the same as upon the faded silken banner at my side and on the reverse a shield bearing six balls the arms of the florentine house of the medici around the cross was a legend sancte stefani signum religioni while around the armorial bearings were the words cosmos mag dux ether magnum magis so insufficient was my knowledge of latin that all i could make out of the writing was that it was some diploma or deed concerning someone named polly a noble of pisa but what honor it conferred upon him i could not decipher so i turned my attention to the second parchment it was yellower and penned in a hand so crabbed that for a long time i could not make out in what language it was written at last i decided that the first portion was in the abbreviated latin of old documents for after much puzzling i deciphered that the first words read in dea nomine amen at foot was an endorsement in old english which i deciphered making a covenant between certain parties and below were seven scrawly signatures in that strange old elizabethan hand namely of george green gilbert cannadale john freeman alec stephen wyan john dolington clement wallerton and george a dafta his mark 
the bottom of the parchment had been cut until a short strip an inch wide hung from it and upon this the round seal of yellow wax had been impressed the device upon it being a shield with a leopard rampant together with a fleur-de-lis that is how best i can describe it not being versed in heraldic terms that the two documents were precious ones could not for a moment be doubted when i recollected how carefully they had been preserved first in that leathern bag and secondly in the treasure chest to me however they presented no appearance of value what are they all about doctor inquired the skipper puffing at his pipe at present i can't tell they're both in latin i answered and we must wait until we get a proper translation this and i held a second document in my hand was written in the time of queen elizabeth and seems to be a covenant or something of the sort i suppose we can get some lawyer chap to puzzle em out seal said oh i don't anticipate any difficulty i answered only if there is any secret attached to them we don't want to give it away ah i never thought of that remarked the skipper it is as you say very probable that some secret is contained in there and for that reason they were so carefully preserved and hidden away no doctor we better not employ a lawyer he'd want to know too much then i turned my attention to the books the first i opened was of fine white parchment thick heavily bound and written in a bold hand with many flourishes a glance through it showed that it was an inventory of some kind but it was all in italian and much beyond me the only part i could translate was the commencement which as far as i was able to decipher read as follows quote, in the name of almighty god and of his holy mother saint mary and of saint peter and of saint paul and of saint john the baptist and of all the celestial court of paradise who have conceded to me the benefit that i should commence this book sound of body and mind amen in this book written by me bartolomo de simon de Chorno, i have set down certain things that all men should know as well as a certain secret that one alone may discover to his advantage hereafter and then followed about a hundred and fifty pages of manuscript and memoranda through an hour i diligently endeavored to decipher correctly regarding the secret mentioned but it was an old italian with long l's and s's and therefore extremely difficult to understand the date of the conclusion of the book i discovered to be august sixteenth fifteen ninety one on a friday while here and there i discovered the name of Polly, evidently the same family as the pompea maria Apolli, the pisan noble mentioned in the document with the leaden seal of cosimo de medici the author bartholomew de Chorno, whoever he was had certainly produced a very respectable volume as regards size and job seal and myself were extremely anxious to learn the secret which in the introduction was said to be contained therein the other books were not of great interest save perhaps to a bibliophile they however showed their owner was a scholar the first a thin manuscript on paper and written in a neat gothic hand which i afterwards discovered was that of the early fifteenth century bore the title trithemia's liber de triplica regioni the others were a well-written book of monastic law on vellum with red and blue capitals of about the same date and a kind of old pocket-book in which was a treatise entitled loci communis theologici per dominicus et festus totiasani it was the secret of old bartholomew de Chorno, an italian evidently 
that we were eager to discover for both seal and i felt confident that it would reveal to us the name of the dead owner of the seahorse and the history of that remarkable resurrection in that heavy parchment book was a secret which old bartholomew declared one alone may discover to his advantage hereafter what could it be job seal and i sat smoking our pipes and wondering what strange things were hidden within that yellow old volume that emitted so musty a smell little however did we dream of the remarkable consequences that were to follow upon our startling discovery it is indeed well sometimes that the book of fate is ever closed to us End of chapter four